0: your brain thinks that uh, it's trying it, that it's actually protecting you from from change which equals danger but it's actually doing the opposite because you remain stagnant you are more bound to get into trouble because the rest of the world is rapidly evolving
1: welcome to the strategy and leadership podcast the podcast that brings you practical advice lessons and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world the Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now your host, Anthony Taylor.
2: Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Today, my guest is Robert overvecht who is the founder and innovation catalyst at Adaptable Mindset. Robert, how are you today?
0: Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: Excellent. So tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you
0: do, and what is an innovation catalyst? Yeah, good question. Yeah, so I've been uh, running around in uh, in innovation at uh, large organizations, at uh, SMEs as well, for over a decade. For that, I was an artist, and I actually still am. So I combine like an artistic eye with a, with a corporate and with, an, with a startup eye as well. During my stints at several organizations like Vodafone, eBay, Liberty Global, like these large behemoth, uh, and also working with universities, I kept seeing a few things. I kept seeing that people uh, say that they want innovation, but often that people are not really open for change or open to new ideas. I saw that a lot of people are sort of afraid. uh, for change and can't really deal with ambiguity and uncertainty and the same was at universities so people aren't really taught how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable people aren't really taught or can't train themselves actually to be open-minded uh, while that is actually a very useful skill, so you can continuously adapt to a changing, like global dynamics, you know, in the world, um, because you know, technology and everything keeps developing at breakneck speeds. But most people, most organizations, they remain a little bit too stagnant, maybe, you know. And um, that that's what I saw, and I was like, why is this? Why, why is this happening? At the same time, I saw that quite a few people in these organizations weren't really living or living their life to the fullest potential or using all of their skills. And I want to change that. And I I noticed that more and more that the world was requesting that for me to help open up people, help them reach their full potential and put more poetry, meaning and those kind of things back into work and give it more of a meaning, purpose and agility and flexibility. And that's where I stepped in. So create, we created a, a program, a methodology to help people open up again, to uh, train imagination again, to create mental space again, and to put uh, stuff into reality very fast. So we have new prototyping tooling. So it's a combination of mindset, creating the right environment, working our imagination, and then putting shit into reality as fast as possible. Yeah, I get that.
2: So on the space one one of the things a lot of it resonated, but that that mental space is that you can't create something new if your mind is full of, you know, what is and just managing the, the current state. Before we get into like looking at the future of innovation, you touched on one of those things that people like don't want oh, well, I I guess on one hand, people want to innovate, but then there's people who resist innovation or resist change. So I have my thoughts, but why do you think people want innovation? But then why
0: do you think people resist that innovation at the same time? Yeah, yeah you see from a lot of research actually that, um, that the brain naturally resists change. It's our way of protecting ourselves. At least our brain thinks that it might bring us in danger. But that is not the case. The, the interesting thing is it's very paradoxical. Your brain thinks that, uh, it's, trying, it, that it's actually protecting you from, from change, which equals danger. But it's actually doing the opposite. Because you remain stagnant, you are more bound to get into trouble because the rest of the world is rapidly evolving. So that's a very interesting one. And what we see from all of our research is that you know, everyone has their own frame of mind. And you know, in this, this frame of mind, that is how you view the world. And it is due to your upbringing, due to your education, due to how much freedom you get at work. And all of that stuff yeah, defines how you experience the world. And that also can hamper your views on what you see as possibilities of where you see opportunities. And yeah, you could also frame it as the default mode network. You know, it's, the, it's the often taken pathways in the brain. And the older you get, the more often you've taken those pathways into, in, in your brain. And they are actually ingrained thinking systems. And we try to put um, on top of those systems like a new layer, like a new layer of snow so we can yeah, flourish again. So we can create new paths. I mean, if we look at if it is ingrained,
2: part of that developing people into innovators, if that's the word we want to use, is partially reprogramming them so that they can like develop that muscle of thinking outside of their, their comfort zone. And in fact, bringing them to the desired state that they want, which is a new safety in a realm
0: of dynamic change uh no, i'm 90 uh with you on that except for the, for the last 10 percent, which is maybe safety is um i think is never really there and i think you should just be okay with ambiguity uncertainty and that we don't know where we will end up and that everything is in a constant change and to be more okay with that and just have multiple opportunities, multiple experiments running at the same time, also in your life. So there's always a new path. Uh, In the sense, you set up your life in a very anti-fragile way. So it doesn't really matter what happens. You always have a different revenue stream. You have a different uh, new possibility of of a new business model direction and those kind of things. Uh, I I appreciate that because I think one of the things
2: when we talk, say, Hey, you're either burnt out or burning out. And, Mm -hmm. and I really like the term, the anti-fragile. So how can even just people that you talk to human beings, our listeners, how can they manage that anti-fragility or manage that burnout when they're kind of, I don't know, maybe expecting an ideal future state and it's never going to come like, how can we create Mm -hmm. that resiliency as people, as organizations, Either to adapt to it or to accept
0: it. I, I guess I don't know where the, the balance is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a lot of the um, the the dysfunctioning happens uh, when your your expectation of reality is different than how reality emerges. You know, that's often where it happens. So, why why not have? Uh, strong beliefs which you can easily diverge from you know why not have multiple beliefs why not have like four possible directions which might be true and just work on work on those but that being said if you already feel that you are overflowing that your mind is already clouded with thousands of emails that you get every week and an infinite amount of meetings that is how most people live their lives then maybe you should first you know uh, clear your calendar a bit and create more mental space so actually it's a very team based organization based and very individual answer to first we need to look at the current situation that people are in to give um proper advice actually so there's not one yeah w- one playbook for for this there there are a few things that you can do for an example always working on your imagination your exploration and how we find that that works best and what you also see from organizational research is that when people are connected to what they find meaningful, their intrinsic motivation, that you get a higher creative and innovative outcome. It's very logical, but hardly any company optimizes for this. So it's, it's actually quite quite silly that, that we don't. Um, but if you keep doing that, then work doesn't feel like work. Then you can explore four or five different directions because they all resonate with you so i am always exploring on adaptability i'm always exploring on how to open mindset because that gives me energy you know that inspires me and for everyone it's something different you know and it's i think it's about bringing those things into your work so you will have this infinite energy you will have this infinite expansion of your imagination and also inspire your 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 coworkers with that and have your coworkers inspire you with that so you create this continuous learning organization it's all very logical and it's all very easy to do it's just that you need to take the first step and then keep on walking yeah so if we shift
2: gears a little bit in terms of using the same you know obviously thought and approach and methodology can you share some examples of, of what that has looked like in practice with teams and organizations that you've worked with? You know, how have they adapted that framework? How have they developed those alternate paths that are all ideal and move towards them in a way that, that spurred that ideal outcome that people were looking for or uh, outcome?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, what we normally do is first, um, most of the time we speak with the CTO, head of product, head of innovation, and those people are well in tune and well in touch with their teams or with the organization. And these are the people that want to move forward, right? But then they, you know, encounter all of these challenges. So we speak with them and do like a, like a check of you know how how does your culture look what doesn't work what does work and uh, what what are the challenges and then normally we create a, a program around that uh, which involves often workshops workshops with with teams where we um, yeah go into those points and and try to solve them together and make an invitation actually to the team members to first share you know what inspires you. Uh, what helps you to develop your imagination? What helps you to create mental space? Because often these questions are not really asked a lot in organizations. And then when you do ask them, you see people flourish and light up and they're like, oh, wow, I'm actually valued. And then we share it with each other. And then you create energy because first you need to have engagement. First, you need to have energy before you can um, get change to happen, because most often what organizations do is they say from top down, "Hey, we're going to work data driven. Hey, we're going to use robotic process automation, but that doesn't feel right for people. You know first, they need to be in an open and comfortable position. And then we need to look at how do the things that leadership wants, How does that relate to their um, to their ideas, to their goals? And maybe, even they have their own ideas. That could also be a possibility. You know, so to to invite them on that. So that is what we did with um, yeah, a lot of um, yeah, Fortune 500 companies to to open up people in that sense. And then it's just repeating that process. But like Apple uses the same system, right? They have their own university where they use art to uh, expand people's views and to teach about the values that they have. For example, the value of simplicity. And actually, a lot of organizations work in that way. Even Audi has worked in that way. Um, They also brought in like uh, meditation teachers, artists, philosophers to train their people on the skills of life, in a sense. And that is what we do as well.
2: Yeah. Are you um, finding that um, the trend of the industry, and uh, for our listeners here over in, in Europe, do you find that the trend of companies is moving towards uh, developing that that creativity and that innovation as a foundation to, to support that future growth? Or are you really finding that's in those kind of cutting edge companies that's doing that? I guess my question is, do you see that as a trend moving forward as companies look to develop that competitive advantage and and true value for people in society? Yeah,
0: yeah. I can only speak from uh, from my own experience and we are so crazy busy. Um, that I really can't can't deal with <laughs> with with all of the clients. So I definitely see a change, especially after or during as well COVID. Like when we were sort of faced with our own mortality, that helped a lot, you know. <laughs> and uh, and also that um, people felt. Because you had, for two years, you had so little impulses. You had so little human connection. And maybe, you know, not going to museums, not going to the movies. So we we are cut off from inspiration and imagination uh, often. So people long for it. They long to connect again. And they long for imagination. And also, also think, like, the world needs a different perspective. Like, how everything is going currently. You know, maybe we need to expand and take a different perspective. Uh, before we continue with what we're doing
2: Hmm. um i have a totally different question and i have no idea how it's going to go but i'm interested in your perspective i saw this graphic one time of a barrel and the barrel had four spouts of water going in Mm -hmm. facebook instagram (laughs) twitter Uh tiktok and then there was a little spout that was just dripping little drops and it said creativity and that hit me like a ton of bricks because as somebody who say enjoys creativity, enjoys doing work, I've written books. I, I, I I'm learning to play music. I like writing, and that it's been the inundation of content that made it has made it not harder yeah. to be creative, yeah. but easier to not be creative. How do you see that playing out for future generations of? Of all leaders, but even with like, you know, kids 10, you know, 20, 30, moving into their careers and having that balance of self-development versus
0: consumption
2: of information.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it will be um, a gigantic issue. I think uh, what you currently see is that a lot of minds are being like railroaded and people are brought into We've all heard this. Brought into these filter bubbles, and they think that that is their reality. And people fool themselves with scrolling on Instagram, and you know you distract yourself from the real world. But it happens everywhere. It's also Netflix. You know it keeps you on there, and all of these companies are are made to to engage you even more. So they don't have your best interest at heart. But their systems, as everyone knows, are so well made and all of the bells and whistles and so exactly made for you. So I think people who can create mental space, people who can use their subconscious brain, who can still have boredom in a sense, like nothingness, that's going to be a very, very distinguished special skill to have in the future because everyone is just reacting. Everyone is just, Constantly getting fed information and reacting on that, and it creates more of a of a superficial society of action, reaction, action, reaction. And it's almost like when you are um, when you went for a run, you know, you have this the superficial breath. That's how everyone currently is, because you're currently drinking from the fire hose. Everyone is doing that, and yeah, we actually have a special masterclass on that, which is free, by the way, which you can share as well for your listeners on how do you filter the noise at work. But also your social media, uh, how do you cut some of the noise out so you can create more space? Because if you listen to like almost all the great inventions, no, they, they didn't come up from working at our computer uh, or, or or reading an article. They all come from sailing, going for long walks or just being. And then like Edison said that he, he was just there doing the work in his lab and that he got the ideas and he said, I didn't even come up with them myself. Uh, Einstein went for like four hours to sail on on lakes to, you know, sort of decompress and reconstruct the things that that he was doing. And yeah, when when do we have that time? So, so now what companies do, they just look at what another company does and then they put that on the backlog as well. So there's no, like no real imagination anymore. It's just copy, copy, copy. And yeah, so if you can have imagination and mental space, yeah, that will be a large competitive advantage. Oh, I love that. Uh, Robert, anything else you want to
2: share either about your process, your methodology, and of course, how people can get a hold of you um, just to to help elevate our listeners even more because um, for what's next?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the adaptive mindset method, it consists actually of uh, g- quite a few uh, uh, pillars and methodologies. So we work on imagination. We work on creating mental space. Um, we also use a lot of uh, movement because it's n- not just cognitive. We also uh, can do a lot of things to reduce stress, to uh, get mental space. And that's most often movement based. And then we have an aspect on creating the right space and using different language which we in a sense also, so with the imagination, we create new doorways in the mind. With our new ways of speaking, we also brainwash ourselves a little bit because most people often react to new things. Are you sure? It's not going to work, but we use like different phrasing and different wording. And that also helps in organizations like, how might we try it on for size? And like all of these things combined, yeah, they make your change effort succeed by listening to people creating the right environment helping them imagine again like in always like pull out all the stops to make this change happen and yeah if you want to find more you can find more on uh, on our website adaptalmindset.com, or find me on linkedin robert overweg o v e r w e g and we can just yeah continue the conversation and share ideas uh, how to make people uh, how to help people evolve Cool. I like that. Well, I appreciate that, Robert. One of the things that you had said
2: um, when we started today was, hey, you know, I I do what I do to help people. And I think if our listeners take the step back to process what you said, and to be able to uh, manage that artificial breath, I think it will create a lasting impact for everybody. And it's a reminder to me to listen to this again for my own self. So you've made a big difference for me today. So Robert, thank you for the time today. It's been uh, really a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much, Anthony.
2: Wonderful. Folks, our guest today, Robert Overweg, who is the founder and innovation catalyst at Adaptable Mindset. So be sure to connect with him. Be sure to take a step back, go sailing, come up with some great ideas and and, uh, create an environment around your team for them to embrace their creativity. I think we'll all be better for it. So thanks so much for joining us on today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to connect with Robert. Be sure to connect with us. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.